Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us today to worship online. We're so grateful for all of our friends and church family that's been joining us today. It's been a privilege to worship with you this morning. And aren't you excited that next Sunday we're going to be back in person? Uh, we know that not everyone's going to be ready to come back in person. That's all right. We're excited for the beginnings of being able to join back together in person right here in the Family Life Center. It's such a, a joy to be able to actually talk to people instead of a camera. And I so look forward to that uh, next Sunday, July 5th. It's going to be a great weekend, and we hope that you can make plans to join us uh, for next Sunday's in-person service. I'm excited to be able to share with you a word I believe the Lord has uh, given for us today that we can be encouraged and strengthened. And so I want you to join with me today as we begin to take a time and just open our hearts to hear God's voice. So let's pray today and ask the Lord to speak to us this morning. Father, I thank you today, God. I thank you, Lord, that you are in control. You are sovereign, Lord. You are above all. And God, I just pray today that the Holy Spirit would come and speak to us today. Give us ears to hear your voice. Give us a discerning heart. Lord, give us uh, just a, a sign of your presence with us today through your word. Father, I thank you today, and I welcome you here this morning. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today we're going to go and look at one of my favorite characters in the Bible and a man by the name of Nehemiah. And I want to read to you uh, from Nehemiah chapter 1 today, kind of getting an understanding of Nehemiah and his life, of what was happening. If you're familiar with the story of Nehemiah, you know that Nehemiah has been, uh, they're beginning to come to the end of their time in exile. And Nehemiah has been under uh, this Babylonian rule or this Assyrian rule. And now there's something happening in his hometown in Jerusalem that's beginning to move him and compel him to uh, go and do something about it. He gets news uh, that the walls are completely torn down, they've been burned apart, and he gets word that there's trouble up ahead. And so we're going to go and read just to kind of get us a little bit of context of what is happening in the life of Nehemiah and what he's about to do about it. In Nehemiah chapter 1, the Bible says that the words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah, and now it happened in the month of Chislev in the 20th year as I was in Susa, the citadel, that Hanani, one of my brothers, came with certain men from Judah. And I asked them concerning the Jews who escaped, who survived the exile, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said to me that the remnant there in, one, in the province who had survived the exile is in great trouble and shame. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates are destroyed by fire. And as soon as I heard these words... I sat down and wept and mourned for days, and I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Notice here that what is happening in all of this is that some people come, and they tell from Judah, they give some words uh, to Nehemiah to answer his question. He asked him, how are things going? What's happening in Jerusalem? And the guys tell him the truth. Man, that place is in ruins. It's falling apart. Uh, it's it's fire. They actually call it a shame, but they said that there's great trouble there. This is what began to compel Nehemiah. This is what in Nehemiah's heart began to move him. The Bible says that after this that he wept and he mourned for days. 
And he continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. After this, we will see that Nehemiah, is, who is a cupbearer to the king, he goes into the king's presence, and the king can tell that he's sad, and he asks for permission to go back to Jerusalem and begin to rebuild the walls there uh, to provide the protection that was needed. You know, something important to note as we're talking about these rebuilding of the walls in Jerusalem is that walls were important in this day and time to provide protection from outside attacks, to provide protection from thieves, uh, wild animals. So the walls were very important, especially considering the centerpiece of Jerusalem was a temple that was clothed in gold. And so at this point in time, the, the walls are very important. But here is Nehemiah who has been bothered by what is happening. And he's not just bothered by anything. He's bothered by the fact that in Jerusalem, there's trouble. There's trouble. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Is I've titled this this morning, There's Trouble. There's Trouble. How many of you have this, uh, you've been in a place and time where you've been in trouble? Maybe you were in trouble with your parents. Maybe you were in a predicament that you got in trouble. Maybe you were in a trouble uh, situation. Maybe life right now is troubling. But I want to talk to you today about troubled times. And Nehemiah's life, I, uh, Nehemiah is one of my favorite characters because of how he deals with trouble. Nehemiah is going to face some terrible things. He's going to come up against some great obstacles. But we see Nehemiah in this process being formed into the person that God so desired him to be. It's true that all of us in our lifetimes, we face trouble. It's inevitable, right? Trouble happens. Uh, you wake up in the morning, trouble happens every day, right? It's just a part of life. That is, that is life, is trouble. Life is full of troubles. But that's okay. It's how we deal with the troubles. It's what we keep in mind when we're going through troubles that's so important. And that's what we're going to learn from the life of Nehemiah. Uh, the first thing I want you to look here at Nehemiah's life as we're talking about trouble is that Nehemiah, he, he didn't run away from the trouble, but he ran to it and he embraced it. Notice that when trouble was going on in Jerusalem, that he asked the question about what was happening in Jerusalem. He was the one who responded to that. And, you know, most of us might have heard that and said, uh, what's going on in Jerusalem? And maybe we would have been like Nehemiah. I probably would have been like Nehemiah in a sense to say, oh, that's not my problem. That's happening over in Jerusalem. Uh, it's this kind of idea that uh, we try to avoid trouble. It's, it's a human instinct to run away from trouble. But we are not intended to bypass trouble. Trouble is intended actually for our good. And that's hard to hear this morning, and that's even harder to practice out. But I want to show you a little bit about how Nehemiah was dealing with trouble. When, when he got word that something bad was happening in Jerusalem, he went into the king's presence, he asked for permission, and he went to Jerusalem and said that he was going to be a part of the solution instead of the problem. Matthew 13 says it this way, that the seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word at once and receives it with joy, talking about the parable of the sower. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. But when trouble or persecution comes, because of the word, they quickly fall away. 
Notice here that Jesus, this is a parable that he was teaching about the importance of having roots based in the Word of God, having seed in the Word of God, in, in God's kingdom. And he says that these are like seeds that are thrown on rocky ground, that when trouble or persecution comes, they don't have any roots, so they are blown away. In other words, this parable assures us of one thing. It can assure us that having root in God and in His Word can give us the necessary strength to endure trouble. Uh, we may not have it in and of ourselves, but having root in God and in His uh, Word can give us the necessary strength to endure trouble. And this is what Nehemiah did. He wasn't like the one that was put on a rocky ground and it didn't have any root, so he fell away. But he had great roots that were planted well that when trouble came, he was prepared to deal with it. He was put in a position, rather, that he was able to take care of trouble in his life. How often is it in our lives and in our situations that when trouble comes, our roots are well situated, that we don't are not fallen away, we're not pushed away, but that we have root to endure trouble, which is God's actually intended purpose for having roots, as we see from the parable, is to endure. So Nehemiah, he didn't run away from his trouble, he ran to it and he embraced it. Uh, secondly, I want you to note, note this about Nehemiah. Is, is that Nehemiah began to be burdened about what was happening in Jerusalem. Everything that he was dealing with in Jerusalem, as he heard the news, the Bible says that he wept and he mourned for days. It was heavy upon him. It, it really sunk into his heart. It really bothered him. It's, it's like it really disturbed his life at that point. Not only that, but the Bible says that because of that, he went on, he wept and he mourned, but then he also began to fast and pray because of the trouble that was going on in his life. It is often the case, this is so important today that we catch this, it's often the case that when something begins to trouble us, that when God brings trouble in our lives or when something around us begins to trouble us, it is, what the, it is at that point that God begins to use the troubles, the things that are burdening us, the things that are weighing on us to begin to be the solution to the problem. It's that at that point that Nehemiah, when he heard of trouble in Jerusalem, that the burden came upon him and he began to capture the picture that he was supposed to be a part of the solution after all. It was the beginnings of trouble in Nehemiah's heart that God used to pull him into Jerusalem and began to rebuild the walls. Nehemiah was overwhelmed by the trouble. He was burdened by the trouble. But God used this as his call to rebuild the walls. This is so important today that we realize that trouble, we often, we, we often want to push off trouble. We often want to put, push off the things that weigh us, the things that bother us, because we tend to be apathetic in nature a lot of times. We like to, we like to take the position of, uh, I don't care, it's not my problem, let's avoid it. But not realizing that what God is doing, the thing that is troubling us, the thing that is burdening us, is sometimes the very call from God himself to, be, to do something about the thing that troubles us. It could it be that the thing that is troubling us right now, the, the, the trouble that we're in, that God is using that as a call to be a solution to the problem later on. 
Could it be that the trouble that you're in of a, of a home that's falling apart or a, a bad situation, you're in some kind of financial trouble and you're wondering how in the world is this, what is going on? God, how are you going to use this? Could it be that God is using the trouble that you're in to one day make you a voice to somebody else who's going to deal with the same trouble? Could it be that what God is beginning to do in you, maybe you're in a workplace or somewhere and you've become burdened by your employees that don't know the Lord and you're so troubled by it. It gets on your nerves when they throw out bad language or they talk down to somebody and it bothers you. But could it be that the beginnings of your trouble are how God is beginning to call you to be part of the solution? All of those things, God uses those to begin to open up our spiritual ears to hear his call to come and do something about it. It was when Isaiah saw the throne and when, God, when Isaiah heard God's voice in Isaiah chapter 6 that said, Who will go for us? Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? It was when Isaiah heard the words of God wondering what was going to happen, who was going to do something about it, that Isaiah raised his hand and said, Lord, here I am, send me. It was the beginnings of what God wanted to do in his life. Oftentimes what God uses as a burden in us can be the beginnings of the call of God upon our lives. I love that Nehemiah, uh, the beginnings you read in Hebrews, or you read in Nehemiah chapter 1 rather, that in Hebrew the Bible starts it off and it says that the words of Nehemiah. But in Hebrew this phrase can actually be translated the acts of Nehemiah. Nehemiah was a man of action as much as he was a man of words. Without question, Words are important in the life of faith, but faith is essentially a life of action. Believing in God is not just a mental exercise, but a life committed to following His will, as one commentator has so put it. This is what James also teaches about, that faith without works is dead. What, what Nehemiah was doing was he was a man of action. He was putting his belief to work. He was beginning to do something about the God whom he so believed in. And he was beginning to make something happen with what he actually believed. I want to ask you today, what is troubling us? What is burdening us? What's weighing down upon us today? Perhaps God is using that to try to get our attention to be the solution and not run away from the trouble. Trouble is intended for our good. Notice here that, uh, first off, Nehemiah, he didn't run away from his trouble, but he ran and he embraced it. That the trouble was the beginning of God's call upon his life. And thirdly, I want you to see this, that Nehemiah's trouble prepared him to be entrusted with much. You see, later on you read, as you read the story of Nehemiah, I encourage you to pick up the rest of the book of Nehemiah and read it all together. Actually, what you could do if you really wanted to study Nehemiah is go back and read Ezra as well. At one time it was believed that Ezra and Nehemiah were books that were included together in their story. But you can go back and just read the full story of Nehemiah. It's so powerful to see what God does through the life of Nehemiah. But just to want to show you another point here, that later on when Nehemiah goes to begin to build the wall, of course, with every, with every calling from God, with every ministry that is given, there's always opposition and there's always adversaries. 
And so when Nehemiah, he went up to begin to rebuild the wall in Nehemiah chapter 4, we see that some adversaries came against them. The Bible says that they all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. Isn't this interesting here that Nehemiah, he's in trouble, and some other people, they already want to come and stir up more trouble? But the Bible says, I want you to notice Nehemiah's action. That Nehemiah, what he did, and and you can read this in Nehemiah chapter 4 and verse 9, that the Bible says that when they came against them, they wanted to stir up trouble. What he did was this, that he prayed to our God, but we prayed to our God and posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. And later on, when some of the people were worried about the trouble around them, Nehemiah spoke up in, in Nehemiah chapter 4 later on, and he said, our God will fight for us. Notice how Nehemiah responded to trouble. He didn't come, and he didn't try to fight his adversaries. He stood his ground. He stood where he was planted. And he posted a guard, but the first thing he did was he prayed, and he called upon God, and he began to put his trust in the Lord and said, don't you worry about this. Our God, he's going to take care of it. He's going to fight for us. When you're in trouble, don't you worry about it. Our God, he's going to fight for us. Nehemiah was learning the beginnings of being entrusted with the little so that he could be entrusted with the lot. You see, as I told you earlier, Nehemiah was a cupbearer to the king. And what another, the king of uh, uh, King Artaxerxes, as they were in exile. And what he would have to do is he would take the cup. He would be the one who would bring him his, bring the king his wine and his drink every day. He would take a sip of it, make sure there was nothing harmful in it, and then he would take it to the king, bringing it, serving the king day in and day out, day in and day out. That was his job. But then God put a burden in his heart about going and rebuilding the walls, and so he obeyed and he went. But notice after this that eventually Nehemiah would become the governor of Judah, that the king that he served would put him in the position of governor. So Nehemiah went from a cupbearer to the king to eventually becoming the governor of Judah. And you see, a lot of times we want to bypass the necessary season of being a cupbearer and go straight to being the governor. But if it wasn't for what we learn as being a cupbearer, then we would not be prepared to be the governor that God called us to be. You see, learning to be faithful over little is the necessary lesson in order to learn to be entrusted with much. As Jesus so spoke in, the, in Matthew, that you have been faithful over little in the parable of the talents, so therefore I will set you over much. Faithfulness is what God wanted him to get to in his life. He had to learn to go and obey, serve the king. He had to learn to pick up his hands and begin to work and rebuild the wall and labor day in and day out, being faithful in the little things, the things that nobody sees when nobody else is looking, the being faithful. Nobody saw all of his tears. Nobody knew what was going on. Nobody saw all that man hours he was putting in, but he was faithful to do it. And being faithful caused him to get into the position of being the governor of Judah. He went from a cupbearer to being governor of Judah. You see, this isn't an unfamiliar theme in the Bible, one that all of us should grab a hold of today. You see, Noah had to learn to build before he could float on the ark. 
Moses had to make a couple trips across the wilderness by himself before he could lead all of the Israelites across the wilderness. Joshua had to be a servant first before he would become a warrior. Esther had to learn to bow down before people would actually bow down to her. David had to learn to spend years in the pastures with the sheep before he would be set over a kingdom. Nehemiah had to learn to serve a king before he could be a leader over many. You see what I'm getting at today is that faithfulness is important. And he had to learn to be faithful in the little things. I want you to get this next little piece I want to tell you about faithfulness today. It's so important that success in the Christian life is not about numbers, results, or products. And unfortunately, in 21st century America church, we put so much emphasis on numbers. Bigger attendance, bigger budget, bigger size, bigger all the production, all of these things. It's always about looking at the quantity. But listen, in the kingdom of God, God is not concerned about numbers, results, or products. Success in the Christian life is about faithfulness. This is why Jesus said that he endures to the end shall be saved. That what God is looking for is faithfulness over a little so that he can make us faithful over much. Because the pinnacle of success as a believer in Jesus Christ is faithfulness. It's faithfulness. Nehemiah had to learn to be entrusted over little so he could be entrusted over much. Now, I want to begin to kind of bring all this together here today. There's a powerful theme happening in the story of Nehemiah that Nehemiah doesn't even realize that's happening. Nehemiah didn't realize all along that the thing that was troubling him, he was actually the answer to it. He had no clue. Nehemiah's name literally means God's comfort. The prophet Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah 40, chapter 1, as the Israelites would begin to come out of exile, that he prophesied comfort to the captives that were returning to Jerusalem. And this is what Nehemiah did. He brought comfort to the people. He rebuilt their walls. He gave them a sense of security. And he protected their possessions inside. And he gave them a sense of comfort. Isn't that what trouble is anyways? A sense of impending doom. When we feel like we're in trouble, there's this sense of, oh no, what's going to happen next? It's this sense of worry. It's this sense of, I don't know, something's coming up against me. That's what trouble is. But what Nehemiah did, he didn't realize it, was that, the, that he brought comfort by rebuilding the walls, by giving them a sense of security, by letting the, all the surrounding nations know that Jerusalem is not defeated anymore, but it's standing up in victory again. In the kingdom of God, I want you to catch this today, that the remedy to trouble is comfort. That doesn't mean that we avoid trouble, but God gives us His comfort in in order to go through the sea of troubles. This is why the Word of God is full of promises. Basic promises from God's Word of His comfort. This is why God gives us these kind of uh, positions of comfort based on who He is. He says this and throughout the Word of God, I will be with you, I will be in you, and I will go before you. I will be with you is a comfort of time. It lets us know that God is with us at all times. When I can't see Him, when I can't put my eye on Him, I can be assured that God's Word says, I will be with you. It's a comfort of time. 
then God says, I will be in you. That's a comfort of strength. When I feel like I cannot make it on my own, God gives us the promise from His Word, from the, the comfort of strength, that I will be in you. Don't you worry about whether you can do it or not. I will be in you. It's a comfort of strength. And then it's the third promise that we hear in God's Word, I will go before you. It's a comfort of the unknown. All of these things combat the fear that we so naturally have. The, the, the comfort of the unknown is whatever comes up ahead, we can rest assured that God is already there. He says in His Word, I will go before you. I will be with you, a comfort of time. I will be in you, a comfort of strength. And I will go before you, a comfort of the unknown. Comfort comes by knowing that the Father is with us and He is for us. That like Nehemiah said, our God, He will fight for us today. The remedy to trouble is comfort. The walls rebuilt, being rebuilt were not promises that trouble was never going to come, but it was promises of God's comfort in the middle of trouble. This is why the psalmist in Psalm 34, and David, while he's in the middle of trouble and everything that's going on around him, he's worrying about his life. There's this sense of impending doom upon him that he could sing the song. Uh, in Psalm 34, he says, This poor man called, and the Lord heard him and saved him. Out of all his troubles, the righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them, and he delivers them from all of their troubles. And this is why Jesus would say in John 16 and 33, Take heart. There's going to be troubles, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Are you facing trouble today? Is there something going on in your life that's bothering you, that's weighing upon you, that's burdening you today? I want to encourage you today that if you'll take the position of Nehemiah, begin to take the thing that troubles you and watch how God will use that to make you the answer to the call of God upon your life. It could be the beginnings of something powerful in your life, how God will take the trouble that you think is uncomfortable, that's inconvenient, that's bothersome, that God will begin to use that to put you in the position to be used in the plan and the kingdom of God. Be encouraged today that if you're facing trouble, that God's comfort is there for you. I will be with you. I will be in you. I will go before you. God's promises are here for us today. When we're facing trouble today, God is at work. And I want to pray with you today. If you're facing trouble this morning, if you're in a situation that's bothering you, you're wondering what's going on, I want to encourage you today to just turn your eyes to the Lord today. Put your hope upon Him. Just like Nehemiah did when trouble came, his immediate response was he prayed and he called upon the Lord. You're facing trouble today? Just take a moment and let's turn our attention to the Lord today. God, I thank you today for my friends who are watching. And God, I want to pray for them that are facing trouble, that the Holy Spirit will come upon them and comfort them, that you'll strengthen them, that you'll love them, that you'll care for them, that you'll provide for them, that you'll strengthen them, Lord, that, God, you will help them to understand the beginnings of being entrusted over little so they can be entrusted over much, that we would learn not to run away from trouble, but to trust God's comfort to help us through our trouble. And God, I thank you today for your word, that you are near to the person in trouble we thank you for the comfort, the promises of your word that you're going to be with us, you're going to be in us, and you're going to go before us. And God, I want to 
pray for my friends today who are fa facing something difficult, that the Holy Spirit will come upon them today and remind them of all of your good promises today, that the, the word of the Lord would speak life into them today, Father. God, I thank you today, and I pray that your love would cover them today. And Father, I thank you for your word today. God, I thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you're watching this morning and you don't know the Lord, you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, you're having trouble in your life, I want to tell you today that there's one who sticks closer than a brother, and his name is Jesus. And he loves you, and he wants to help you through your trouble. If you'll begin to surrender your life to him, I can't promise you that it'll be easy, but I can tell you it's a lot easier with Jesus. If you'll begin to surrender your life to him, and he'll help you through your trouble today. If you need help in your journey of following Christ, I want to encourage you to text hello ANC to 97000. We would love to help you walk on this new journey of following Christ. You need prayer today. Feel free to call the church number. Feel free to submit a prayer request online. We'd love to pray with you today. If you're facing trouble today, be encouraged. God is with you. God is on your side. He hears you. He sees with you today. And we love you today. We're praying for you. And we so look forward to gathering with you in person in the weeks to come. God bless you. Thanks for joining us today.